I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Welcome into the Saturday show, everybody. Welcome on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. I'm Jake Hatch, and we are live on location today. We are at Mulligan's Golf and Games just off 106 South. You guys know where it's at, down here on the south end of the valley. We are out here for the Uwinnick Golf Annual Demo Days. Uh, I've got a number of vendors. I'm seeing I've got Callaway, I've got Stealth, I've got Mizuno, I think Wilson and Pinger down there. I've got Tor Edge. Uwinnick Golf doing it right, obviously getting a number of opportunities for golfers to come out here and try all the new equipment, see what might work for you, and see if you need to upgrade your, your golf game. Uh, you can stop by and pick that up. We'll have some of the reps on throughout today's show. Uh, once again, thank you for tuning in to the Saturday show. Hope you all are doing well. Michelle is on her way up to the University of Utah. It is the 22 Forever game coming up at noon today. There is, a, I believe, an alumni game taking place like right now or starting relatively shortly. She's going to join us in our next segment to preview some of that. We'll also have some of our friends uh, from the zone that stopped by this event on as well. So it should be a fun show ahead. I got Corey back in our studios in Salt Lake City inside KSL Broadcast House producing for me today. Corey, what's up, my man? What's going on, Jake? I wish I was out there uh, with the uh, golf scene instead of in here in the uh, stuffy studio. Well, see, here, here's the thing. I, I'm sitting here, obviously, broadcasting. I'm watching people swinging clubs, and it's just like, man, I wish I was not broadcasting. I was over there swinging the clubs. But, hey, I'm going to do that after the show. So I, we've got to get got to get the work done ahead of time. But how's your week been, sir? What's been the highlight? Uh, the highlight, uh, I would say, is probably... Let me think. You, you just dropped that on me, the highlight of my week. Uh, my daughter scored the game-winning goal in their soccer game on go. Tuesday night in a 3-2 to two hard-fought 8-year-old uh, girls' soccer <laughs> victory. So that's probably been the highlight of my week. I guess we live through our kids, right? 
Oh, absolutely. Well, I just came from a flag football game for my son, so there you I, go. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, highlight of my week, I've been Mr. Mom for the last like two days. Uh, my wife is out on her annual girls trip with her sisters, so uh, I haven't burned down the house, thankfully. Uh, I did have I did have a very, very embarrassing moment, though. We can start off today's show on that, Corey. Um, so I had to go to the grocery store last night to pick up some stuff for my kids, uh, obviously. we got to eat and stop by the grocery store, load everything up in the cart. Obviously, didn't have a ton, but got everything I needed. Get to checkout. You know how that every store now has that self-checkout feature uh get through all of that scan it all get ready to pay reach for my wallet and guess who doesn't have their wallet in their back pocket oh no (laughs) you should do that i've seen that apple commercial where the guy just applies for the apple credit card real quick on his phone and then uh, taps it there you should have you should have thought on your feet jake and done it that way i know I know I should have. I should have. I, I regret not doing that, but obviously I uh, had to essentially tell the person who was kind of man in the registers there and say, hey, by the way, I need to run home and get my credit card and I'll come back and get this. And they kind of looked at me like, how old are you that you don't have like Apple Pay on your phone? I'm like, I just haven't set it up. So I'm, I'm one of those people. And yeah. So anyways, highlight of my week right there, having fun with that. But nonetheless, uh, we, we are making do. Like I said, we haven't burned down the house. No kids have been injured. So we're, we're doing pretty good. All That's progress. Considered. Yes. Oh, it, trust me, it is progress. So, all right, we got a lot to cover ahead on today's show. So let's let's dive right in. Let's get to what's the big deal. Do you all know right. who I am? No, I, I can't say that I do. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Really? People know me. Well, I'm very happy for you. I'm very important. Uh, I have many leather-bound books and. My apartment smells of rich mahogany. (laughs) I still love that open. It's always fun. Obviously, the NBA playoffs in full swing right now. The first round underway and having a lot of fun with this. And, Corey, I'm I'm just going to throw this out right now. If you have thoughts, feel feel free to jump in on this. But I wanted to go back to last night real quick and talk a little bit about what happened. Uh, The Hawks obviously avoided going down 3-0 against the Boston Celtics with a 130-122 victory. I I watched a part of that game, and it feels like to me that the Hawks are one of the teams that's just it seems like they're they're biding time until they're eliminated uh, in the playoffs here. Similar to the Timberwolves, the Timberwolves did go down 3-0, so they've essentially got a death sentence at this point with regards to their playoff fortunes, losing to the Nuggets 120-111. Uh, but the one that interested me the most last night, and this obviously connects with the Utah Jazz, is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, obviously, Donovan Mitchell, former Utah Jazz star, is one of the leading players for the Cavaliers, but they could not shoot at all last night inside Madison Square Garden. Corey, I don't know how much of this you saw. They lose 99-79. to It's actually the lowest uh, output point-wise for any team across the NBA. The Cavaliers scoring just the 79 points. The previous load had been 80 points this game. That's insane. And uh, it the is the lowest it, of any team this yeah, season. This season, and it's I, a I, team I, like the Cavs with all that firepower. <laughs> oh, and that's the thing about it. You have Donovan Mitchell. You got Darius Garland. You even got guys like Evan Mobley, etc. That you think, okay, they can at least uh, make a three here and there, but they just could not. The first half, I think they had thirty-five points. It was just it was an absolute slog for the Cavaliers in this one. Don't give and them they, too much credit. They had thirty-two points at halftime. Oh, it was Jake. A thirty-two. Okay, thirty-two. Apologies. Come on, thirty-two. And that, they by needed the way, to hit another three. That was also I think also. There was an NBA low, I think, at, at that point as well, like in terms of the overall output for first half, especially for the Cavaliers. So it was a pitiful performance. But uh, as as you would expect, and I know you know this, Corey, you've worked in radio long enough, sports radio in particular. When the New York Knicks get any type of like hope for their franchise, their fans, you know, take it in stride. I don't know how much you saw on social media. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and the Knicks, the Knicks will nick in this series. Yeah. I mean, there's no question about it. I, the good thing, the thing I think about with playoff basketball uh-huh. is I think about it like match play golf. Whenever sure. you're playing stroke play, every stroke matters. But in match play, you could go out and have a blow-up hole, and it doesn't really matter. You could go get a triple bogey. No big deal. The guy just wins one hole against you. And that's Correct. the way it is for this game. Like, the Cavs lose this game, and it's embarrassing, and they only put up 79 points. But I fully expect them to come out in the next game and win the game because, number one, mm-hmm. they're the better team. Number two, it's the Knicks, and the Knicks are going to end up doing what the Knicks always do. So it's not – I mean, it, it, you laugh at it and you chuckle at it, and we're like, wow, 79 points in a playoff game. What's happening to the Cavs? But ultimately, it's just like in a match play golf situation. It's just one hole. It's just one game, and you can come out, win the next game, and completely forget about what just went on in this game. Well, and that's the thing about it. You're absolutely right. And the thing about this, everybody was kind of pointing to the Cavaliers, their inability to shoot the three. They shot seven of 33 from three, so that's 21.2%. But here's the thing. The Knicks weren't that much better. 10 of 33. They shot just 30.3% from three. I'm with you. It's like, okay, this may simply just be a one-off for the Cavaliers. If they if they bounce back and get back to shooting the way they've shot most of this season, especially from three, they're going to take game four. And then at that point, you've kind of regained uh, your home court, uh, your home court uh, what am I, uh, advantage in this matchup. And that, that that's the interesting part about this is to see how New York handles this because uh, Nick fans want something to latch on to. And this has been a decent resurgence season for them. Obviously, they uh, made the playoffs, that type of stuff. But I'm with you. It does feel like a match play. This might be the blow-up hole that Cleveland has. And the nice part is, as you mentioned, it's kind of a one-off. You you rebound from this, and all of a sudden you're sitting pretty, and life's good again, and Cleveland's moving on. The interesting part will be, I just wonder, this is just me having watched Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs uh, with the Utah Jazz, how is he going to respond in particular? Because he had in, the, in game one, he had 38 points, and they lost that game. Game two, he becomes more of a distributor at low, lower points, but more assists, and they end up winning that game. This is going to be interesting to see how he continues to adapt. He took 19 shots last night, scored 22 points to lead the Cavs, uh, despite their paltry output on offense. I'm just interested to see how he responds in particular, because Jazz fans, we all know that with the way that uh, things ended here from him in Utah, there's obviously going to be an, uh, an extra microscope on him to see how he responds in this circumstance. Well, no doubt, and I think the stakes have raised for Donovan Mitchell too, because of what Cleveland gave up to get sure. him. Yeah. They didn't think so at the time but now the way this season has played out and you've seen you know how Laurie Markin has played how Ochai Abaji has developed I mean I think the stakes have raised for Donovan Mitchell because I think every Cavs fan would have said hell yeah give us Donovan Mitchell we'll trade this stuff away we've got to win now and now they're probably looking at it like man those guys are pretty good over in Utah, and they still got all those picks, too. So I, I think that the pressure's even ratcheted up a little bit on him because uh, Utah looks to have gotten a pretty good haul out of that trade. Well, and that's the thing about this. Obviously, all eyes here with the Utah Jazz are now kind of on the NBA draft. We're awaiting the NBA draft lottery, which is coming up in the middle part of next month. Uh, the NBA Combine will be taking place, and then the lottery takes part uh, takes place as part of that. And that's going to be the big question mark. Okay, where do the Jazz land in regards to the draft lottery? And then number two, uh, obviously, with the flexibility the Jazz created for themselves. You mentioned the draft picks. They've got a, they've got actually quite a bit of cap space as well projected this summer as well. How much of that cap space and how many of those draft picks are the Jazz actually going to utilize versus how much do they feel like, okay, we already have some pieces, as you mentioned, with Ochai Abaji, Walker Kessler, Lowry Markin, and most notably, obviously, uh, as an all-star this past season. 
they've suddenly freed themselves up. And you're right. There are going to be franchises, speaking of Cleveland, probably Minnesota as well, who said, man, we, can't, we, we gave up a lot to get, in the case of Minnesota, Rudy Gobert. And suddenly they're down 3 nothing in oh, their series. Oh, and they series. hate the trade. Minnesota and... hates the trade. They're like, why <laughs> did we do that? Uh, they were all happy last summer. And now sure. they're like, what were we thinking? But that, but that, that, like hindsight's fifty fifty. The funny thing is, I, I think most Timberwolves fans are happy to have Mike Conley, who sure. came in another trade. They don't want Gobert though. The, 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 but the haul that you had to give up to get Gobert versus what you had to give up to get, get Conley are two very different things. Like the the trade off, or the, I guess the the return is completely different. You're right. The Cavs, not Cavs fans, Minnesota fans, they're sitting there like. What did what did they do? What, what did we do here? Like, it just it, it's going to be interesting. There's a lot of T Wolves fans that would trade Walker Kessler for Rudy Gobert straight up. Oh, I, I don't think Jazz <laughs> Jazz fans would disagree with that because he's he's offered. And that's the thing about this is he, Walker Kessler is probably as a rookie. Obviously, he's he's going to be an all rookie team honoree. Obviously, we're expecting that here in the relatively near future. But the more important thing I think for a guy like Walker Kessler is he's already in my mind. 80 90 percent of what Rudy Gobert was offering at a fraction of the cost that that is the trade-off right there you were paying Rudy Gobert I think he was making somewhere around in the north of 40 million this year Walker Kessler it's like four million so it's just you're getting close to the same production and even more on the offensive end from Walker Kessler but you're playing in a fraction of the cost overall yeah, the Timberwolves I mean they've got to look at this situation down three nothing hopeless in this in this series what a disaster of a season. And the only thing that could have been better for Jazz fans, I think, is if the Thunder could have won that game last week sure. and it could have yeah. kept the Timberwolves in the lottery, which would have doubled the Jazz's chances, which are slim, but at least yeah. doubled the Jazz's chances of trying to get up into one of those top picks. Trust me, I, everybody out there was rooting for the Thunder because you, want, you wanted that lottery pick. But as it stands, the Jazz will have the 16th pick. Uh, they're going to have one in the it's gonna be the high 20, I think 27 from Philadelphia as well, as well as their own currently sitting in the 9 slot, but the lottery still to come on that. All right, let's look a little bit ahead to today's games. There's four games on the schedule, and we got the 76ers Nets starting things off at 11 a.m. I just That series, I can't really do much. I think Philadelphia knocks out the Nets here in just a, in about an hour's time. They'll get going here. I think that one's over. But the interesting one here that's the second game is the Suns Clippers and the reason it's got so much intrigue all of a sudden is Kawhi Leonard obviously he's a two-time champion with the San Antonio Spurs and also obviously led the Toronto Raptors uh, to their win as well but he is out with a sprained knee and Corey at this point what is this is this is the concern the if you're a Clippers fan how much can you actually rely on Kawhi Leonard? Because he was figuring to come back and lead them here in a run in the postseason, and then he goes out and sprains his knee, and now he's out, and we'll see when he's able to come back. Yeah, and this is uh, this is the part about sports that really stinks, is when you get all-time players Correct. that can't fight the injury bug. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, they've got another one in Paul George who, you know, fights the injury bug a lot as well. But they've put together this team that should be capable of winning a title. And right. they consistently can't stay healthy. And you just, <laughs> you know, and I know it's just part of sports and it happens, but you wish everybody could be healthy. You wish every team could face off at their peak power. But at the same time, you look at the Bucks, who were able to go out and get a dominant win without Giannis. You see the Grizzlies get back Mm -hmm. into it with the Lakers without John Morant. I mean, you've got to be able to overcome it. It's one of the things that sucks about sports. You can't 
predict injuries. And for Kawhi, it's it's really, I mean, you talk about he could have been on pace, not necessarily to be maybe be a top 10 guy all time, but to be one of the, you know, maybe 25, 30 best players in the history of this game. But yeah. he's never going to be able to accumulate everything he could have done if he could have stayed healthy. Well, and that's the thing about it. Because on the other side, you mentioned the fact that these teams have overcome. Well, most in most circumstances, okay, the Clippers, if you're missing Kawhi Leonard, you think, okay, they got Paul George. But Paul George is out this entire series. Yep. They've got to make it through the series. He's got his own injury concerns. And now the Phoenix Suns have got to be sitting there thinking, okay, we have we obviously moved all in to get Kevin Durant at the trade deadline, and that was a, I, I, in my opinion, it was a fantastic move for Phoenix. They've got to be thinking, okay, we can not land a knockout blow here, hopefully with a win in today's game, and you're you're obviously looking to finish out the series pretty quick, and that that's that's the positive here if you're Phoenix is yes, it's unfortunate for L.A., but you don't feel any pity if you're a Phoenix fan. No, every team deals with it at some point. I mean, you're gonna, I mean, heck, Phoenix is in this position because KD got hurt right when he got there. I mean, they would have won more games and they wouldn't yeah. have been the four seed. So yep. they're looking at it as though, hey. Clippers, we wouldn't even be playing you. We would be a higher seed if Kevin Durant hadn't gotten hurt. So teams deal with injuries. You never feel sorry for who you have to go through because it's still a grind and you still have to get through it. Not only do you have to win the games, you have to stay healthy. So your guys have to go out and not get injured. So, yeah, it's a war of attrition at this point. And you don't you don't uh, apologize for any thing that you get. You know, you don't worry about other teams injuries. You just take the win and you move on and you go to the next series. Yeah, it's playoffs time. That's the thing about this is you're just simply trying to win the championship. That's all that matters. You don't care who you have to go through, what happens. You just got to get through it. Uh, two other games, obviously the Bucks and the Heat. You mentioned the fact that uh, Milwaukee battled back, uh, missing out with missing Giannis in their lineup. Uh, here's the thing about the Heat. Jimmy Butler, to me, you mentioned the fact that a guy like Kawhi Leonard, who's so good individually, Jimmy Butler is capable of seemingly winning any single game, it feels like, in a way, for Miami. How much hope do you really have for Miami, or do you think that this is just it was an aberration and Milwaukee's going to start rolling here? Because they were my favorite to win it all at, at the start of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, as long as Giannis can contribute, as long as Giannis, he doesn't necessarily have to be you know, all-star, all-world, best <laughs> yeah. player in the league, Giannis, mm-hmm. to win this series, as long as he's able to contribute. But Jimmy Butler, he's one of my favorite guys to watch. He can just go nuclear and literally just put the team on his back, and he's got so much swagger, so much confidence, and his guys feed off of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but losing Tyler Hero, uh, I, I think, you know, hurts their chances too. But Correct. as long as yes. Giannis can contribute anything, I think that this is probably one that they win four games to one. I don't even see the Heat winning another game now if Giannis isn't able to contribute then maybe they can squeak out another one but I think Milwaukee's just got too much even without Giannis uh, for the Heat to be able to actually win the series and I do think there are Jazz fans who have a soft spot and I got a soft spot for it because of Joe Ingles Joe was on my show for eight years obviously every week and it's fun to see him back doing his thing there were so many people that thought that his career was winding down and in some ways it still is but he's had a nice resurgent season this year which has been fun to see but the game I'm I'm most interested in because there's been a war of words between these two the Grizzlies and the Lakers uh, you probably saw this like I did Corey you have Dylan Brooks mm-hmm. out there <laughs> saying oh I don't have any respect for anybody who doesn't put up 40 he's, he's old like, mumbling he's old I mean okay you're talking about maybe the best player in NBA history uh, there's the debate of it's MJ or LeBron but what is Dylan Brooks doing is he just trying to he's like I poke bears well you're you're poking a bear dude what are you doing here 
Yeah, this is. I, I'm interested to see LeBron's response because, <laughs> like, dudes don't just come at LeBron like this. It's no. not what happens, and it seems like it's really bad for business. Like, I, I fully expect LeBron to come out and hang 35 on Dylan Brooks tonight and make him look silly, but I think it puts a little bit of pressure on LeBron because, I mean, Dylan Brooks is right. LeBron is older. He's still capable of going yeah. out on any given night and being dominant, but he is older and Dylan Brooks, you know, this is the time, I guess. I guess if you were going to call out Jordan, you call him out in his Wizards days, not his Bulls days. (laughs) So he feels like, you know what, I'm going to put myself on the map and I'm going to make a name for myself and call him out. So he's put a lot of pressure on himself, but I think if if LeBron comes out and hangs 35 or 40 on him, nobody's going to think anything. They're just going to say, yeah, that's what LeBron does. But if Dylan Brooks comes out and shuts down LeBron and LeBron goes out and only has like 20 tonight and struggles for from the field, then Dylan Brooks is going to be able to, you know, puff his chest out a little yeah, bit and growing, kind of peacock yeah. around there. Oh, and trust me, he will. We all, anybody who's watched Dylan Brooks knows exactly how he will operate if, if they do end up getting that win. It'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. And that's the funny thing about this is with the, with the playoffs, you never quite know how it's ultimately going to go. You obviously have your prognostications. You're kind of projecting forward. Okay, what's this going to look like? What's this going to be? But the the fun part about this is is the NBA playoffs are never short on storylines and drama. This is a league. I, I know that I Mark Stein uses this hashtag all the time. Hashtag this league and. You know this as well as I do, Corey, is that with how the league operates, it thrives on the drama of it all, both war of words-wise and also on the court, and that's what we've gotten so far in the playoffs so far, and that, that, that's been a positive spin on this. Sure, and the NBA is going to go out and they're going to suspend Draymond Green, but secretly <laughs> in, the, you know, in the offices when these executives are talking, they're like, we love it. We love okay. it because it's drawn eyes. People are interested. Yeah. People are paying attention to a series that, you know, I mean, granted, the basketball has been great in that series. But coming yes. into it, I think there were a lot of people that thought, OK, the Kings were a fun, plucky underdog all season. But the Warriors are going to kind of run away and hide in this series. And now I think it's kind of become the marquee series of the first round. Maybe it's Phoenix and L.A. just because of the big names in that. But this Warriors and Kings series has been great. And they love the Draymond stuff. Yes, they're going to go out and suspend him. And I think the suspension was warranted. But I think they absolutely love it. And the Warriors went out and got the win. That was the best thing for the league, that even without Draymond, the Warriors went out and got the win. Now he gets to come back for Game 4 and all the drama that's going to be in that series. Um, Yeah, they love it. They love Dylan Brooks talking smack on LeBron. I mean, who's going to talk smack on, you know, maybe the second best player, maybe the first best player in league history? Oh, okay, this guy's going to be a heel. That's fun. We'll have some fun with that. Well, that's the thing about this case. Okay, so I actually, that brings up another another question for you, Corey. And I, I have my thoughts on this as well. Is obviously Draymond gets suspended, and I think as he should, because he did do, he did stomp on on Demontis Sabonis's chest. The, him stepping down, you know what? You're going to step on the guy. That that makes sense. But the, there was the extra action, the stomp on his chest that earned him that suspension. But then in the 76ers uh, situation, uh, we have Joel Embiid kick upwards and does not necessarily make contact with the groin area of, uh, of the player. But then he gets the flavor. One. Then later, we have <laughs> James Harden do almost the exact same thing, and he gets a flagrant two and thrown out, but neither one of them are subject to a suspension here. I, can we make sense of this? Wait, where do you come down on this? Well, so I don't think Draymond, like to me, in my opinion, I don't think Draymond gets suspended just for the stomp. If that's where it ends, he goes sure. to the sideline, they decide to kick him out, whatever. I don't think he gets the one-game suspension. I think the league has to look at the way he was taunting the crowd. And I know that when 
we look at it now, and I'm not trying oh, yeah. to sound like a prude or somebody that doesn't like theater of the absurd and doesn't like <laughs> the drama that's created, but if Draymond is doing that and you've got some drunk idiot in the stands that decides to throw something at him, throw, it could have escalated. It didn't. But what if it had? You just need that one person who's not going to act like a rational fan and who thinks, I really am going to go out there and try to take on Draymond that tries to charge the court, that tries to do whatever. I I love the theater and the fact that it played out the way it did. I thought it was great. And Draymond being the heel and egging on the crowd was fun. But if it had escalated into something else, then I think you have a really big problem. And I think that's where the NBA says, look, we can't have players taunting the crowd. And so I think that that plus the way he stomped, you know, all of it in totality. But with Embiid and with Harden, they did their actions on the court. I don't think either one of them should have been suspended. I don't think Harden should have been kicked out of the game. But I think Draymond, his track record, what he was doing with the fans afterwards, plus the stomp itself, I think in totality it was kind of three parts. And for the other guys, it was just what they did on the court. Yeah, let's think about this. You're right. The reputation is obviously going to play into this. That's what the NBA, the NBA said that. They, they said when the, in the statement about Draymond, they said that his reputation for, as they, call, as they termed unsportsmanlike acts, is what ultimately uh, was the issue that led to him getting that suspension. But uh, to me, the biggest thing is uh, in the 76 you're going to give one guy a flagrant one for flailing upwards and kicking a guy near the groin, and they also get a guy later for a flagrant two for actually kicking him. And that's the interesting part about this is to see ultimately uh, – where it ultimately is going to shake out on that. And the NBA, you're right. In the league offices, they're secretly thriving on this, absolutely loving the fact that it's just a, it's a, it's a back and forth and they're loving it so much. All right. Uh, we are going to talk with Michelle Bodkin coming up next. Uh, we're going to check in with her. She's up at the 22 Forever game, Utah's annual spring game. Going to have some really cool things happening up there at Rice Eccles Stadium. We are joined now by Shane. And Shane, you are here with Uina Golf Demo Days. And you are the general manager of the Sandy location of Uina Golf. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. So I have been into your store multiple times. I live down in Utah Valley, so the Orm store is my home store. Okay. But what I love about you in a golf is it's got everything. We have quite a bit of, <laughs> quite a bit of inventory, yes. So when it comes to these demo days, just kind of give us, the, what's the idea behind this? Is it just a chance for all these reps to get together and bring people out and let them try out all the new equipment? Yeah, so the idea is people can come out and try all the different clubs yeah. in one spot, right? Sure. And you'll be outside, you'll be able to see ball flight, because that's the thing we get in the stores is, Correct. oh, I can't see where the ball's going, even though we have monitors. you got the monitors, great. but people like to actually see the ball yes. out, out of so the Yes, so they want to see actual ball flight, mm-hmm. so here they get a chance to to do that plus they can try every club they got five hours here they can just stay here we got a taco truck they can have lunch and just spend the day here and just try out Everything to their heart's desire, really. Well, everybody, everybody knows where Mulligan's is at. It's right off I-15, zip down, 106 South. It's right here. And the best part about Mulligan's, you can bring your kids out here. You can toss them on the, the mini golf out here while you come over here and hit clubs. That's the positive news. That is true, yes. Or they can hit bat- yeah, batting, say, batting or cages. whatever. Yeah, yeah, they got the whole bet. deal. Yeah, they can do Put a them lot on the of putting green things. over here and let them work on their, work on their putter. <laughs> while you go over and hit a new driver. Now, when it comes to technology – and. Uh, I golf, obviously, so I, I know more about this. But for the lay golf fan who maybe hasn't upgraded their equipment maybe in three, four, five years, how much of a difference can that make to upgrade your equipment? So big difference, um, especially in drivers. Yeah. So I'll give you an example. Yeah. So Callaway this year has their new Paradigm driver, Correct. right? Yeah. So they've got 
four or five different distinct things that the driver does. So we've got an AI face mm-hmm. or artificial intelligence face, which helps the ball when you mishit it. We get more yardage on mishits with a cup face on yep. that, which they've never done, which was their their um, their technology for sure. like their irons, yeah. and yeah. now they've incorporated it into a driver. And then they've got the jailbreak, mm-hmm. which they've had for a few years. Uh, the big thing they've done now is, is the whole center section of the club is now carbon fiber, Correct, yeah. which allows them to put more weight somewhere else to make the driver perform more better and more efficiently, and it's more forgiving. Yes. And so they're touting 15 yards of forgiveness on wow. either side okay. this year with the new paradigm. Um, so that just gives you kind of an example yeah. And in just one, and obviously the other manufacturers have great technology all as well. Similar, yeah. yeah, and so they've learned now, you know, kind of medium launch, low spin with the driver. You're going to get optimum distance, so mm-hmm. optimum carry, maximum roll. Going to get the most yards out of it. Going to be the most forgiving when they miss hit it, and they work great. And so, how long is this going on today? People can stop by. And so check today out we're here from ten to three. Okay. And so we'll be here till three o'clock this afternoon. Okay. They can come and try everything out. We've got. Uh, I think eight vendors here. Yeah, I was so looking down. there's a bunch of tents down there. So, so. yeah, so we've got a bunch of vendors, and uh, the big four obviously are all here. Correct. Um, I know a lot of people always want to know if Titleist is here. So <laughs> Titleist is here. Callaway's here. I can yeah. see that. Yeah. yeah, they're all here. Yeah, so. so they're here, and they can come and try them out. And yeah, just come on down and give it a go. Absolutely. Well, Shane, thanks so much for taking some time, and thank you for having us out here, first off. Okay, thank you. Thanks for coming. All right, so there you go. Shane from the Sandy Store down there. And, by the way, if you can't make it out today, stop by the Sandy Store. It's 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 golf heaven for me personally. Absolutely love all this stuff. By the way, the first 100 people uh, stopping by here get a free lunch, obviously. So come on by. We're at Mulligan's down here, 106 South, 600 West, roughly. You guys know exactly where it's at. Stop on by. We'll be here from 10 to noon. More to go uh, coming up next. This is the Saturday Show on 97.5 FM, the KS. Sports Zone. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to the Saturday show here on the KSL Sports Zone. Hope you all are doing well on the Saturday morning. We are live at Mulligan's Golf and Games for the annual You Win a Golf Demo Days. Uh, I got multiple reps out here, vendors. Uh, I'm seeing Callaway, Titleist down there, Mizuno. No matter what you're looking for, come on down, try all the clubs, see what might fit your game. You'd be stunned. I- I'm a guy who I've got my, I guess you'd call it my preferences when it comes to my golf game with certain brands. I've actually been impressed multiple times when I've gotten hit in different clubs and actually may fit your game a little bit better. So stop on by. First 100 people down here also get a free lunch from our friends that you want to golf. You also can enter to win uh, free gear as well. Love to see you guys stop by. But I'm going to welcome in the co-host of this show. She is obviously on her way up to Rice-Eccles Stadium for the 22 Forever game coming up uh, later today. But Michelle Bodkin checking in with us. Michelle, what's up? Oh, not much. Just hanging out, checking out some of the tailgate before I uh, have to go in and start covering this spring game. All right. So tailgate scene up there at Utah is pretty legendary. What's the best thing you've had so far today? Have you, have you been able to taste any of the any of the offerings up there? I have not been taste testing, <laughs> okay. but I have just been going around, checking out some of the crazy setups. 
uh, you know, posting them on our KSL Instagram account. Sure. Uh, some people, you know, are having some fun with this. I, they, they brought back the ultimate tailgate uh, challenge. And so, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's prizes involved. And we'll, we'll see who ends up kind of being the, the top-notch tailgate from today. Well, but uh, some fun things up here. Well, absolutely. So, uh, so obviously, when it comes to the tailgate scene, are they letting them set up there in the west lot once again? Where, where, where is this happening? Where is it going down? Yeah, yeah. So they have have this all set up in the west lot. Um, about the first two rows are dedicated to tailgating um, from uh, on the north side of the west lot. Okay, got it. Well, uh, obviously, going to be a really fun event today. And now they're called, they've rebranded this as the Twenty Two Forever Game, and obviously, this is going to go uh, to the scholarship fund honoring both Ty Jordan as well as Aaron Lowe. Uh, can you explain a little bit what the impetus was to to kind of rebrand this? And they're obviously selling tickets and opportunity to contribute to that fund. But what what's kind of been the overarching theme of today's event? Yeah. So I mean, back. In 2021, when it was mm-hmm. just Ty Jordan uh, that everybody was celebrating, obviously that was the first year that the ticket proceeds were going towards that scholarship fund. Uh, now we have Aaron Lowe involved as well, uh, as everybody I think is kind of pretty familiar with that story to this point. Uh, but it just really, it, it, this is just such a tough, sad situation for this team for this coaches for the staff for this community um it it really rocked a lot of people i mean i I think it's really easy to forget but you know some of the guys on the team were standing right there when you know blow was killed uh they they saw what went down uh and and so there there's still just a lot of healing going on and i think that was Part of part of the reason why we're seeing you know this game get changed to the twenty two forever game is it's just another opportunity to kind of heal, to remember these kids, to remember the impact that they had on the team, uh, and, and to to be twenty two percent better uh, in whatever it is that you're trying to do. And and obviously spring ball is kind of a hallmark of trying to get better, trying to get everything kind of organized and, and under under wraps so that when it comes time for fall camp, it's pedal to the metal. So it, it just all kind of makes sense from that regard. Now, the must game, as I understand, is already underway, Michelle. Uh, this, uh, How long has this thing been going on? I remember it happening. It's been going on for years, hasn't it? I mean, I, I think they've had a must game going really – I've really started coming out to the spring games as a student – back in 2008 and I've been going going to these things ever since whether it's been as a fan or or as media mm-hmm. I think they've had one ever since I can remember so it's it's been a while it's been a good long while that they've had that must game going yeah, now I admittedly I haven't been in as many Utah Spring games as you have, but I've actually I've been to a couple of them. The Must game to me is actually one of the kind. It's kind of I I I will reference if BYU fan wants reference for reference sake. It's kind of what the BYU's done with their alumni game. It's just it's a fun event. It's not meant to be like super super serious, but it's an opportunity for students in this case with the Must to go out there and and live their dreams in a way playing on the RAS turf, and it's just kind of a fun thing. And I think BYU fans the reference point is what they've done with the alumni game the last two years. Yeah, I mean, it's always nice to kind of have, you know, a fun little kitschy part, I think, to your spring yeah, game. Sure. Uh, whether, it's, whether it's an alumni game or, a, uh, like, student section game or, 
um, the, the tailgate competition. You know, I, I, I think that's just a way that gets people kind of involved and engaged and excited, you know, for another season of, of football and, and kind of the rest of the collegiate sports that come up. I mean, football's the big one uh, that mm-hmm. sets up kind of everything else for the rest of the year. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, talking with Michelle Bodkin, obviously co-host of this fine program typically, but she's on her way. She's up at Rice Cycle Stadium for the 22 Forever game happening. Uh, this kicks off at noon if you want to get up to Rice Cycle Stadium and support the Utes. Now, Michelle, obviously spring, uh, spring ball coming to a close for Utah. Over this past week or so, uh, what have kind of been your observations in the final lead-up to this game? I, you know, I think the the big takeaways for me have been, it appears Brandon Rose has a pretty good hold on that number two position, at least for now. And I think today's going to go a long way to determining, you know, if, if that really remains true, if they're good with, with that decision, or if they're going to carry this on into fall camp. And we probably honestly will not be told, you know, what their <laughs> plan is on that. <laughs> but yeah. but I, I, I kind of think that this game will probably either – coming back and just, I think, more experienced and confident, which has kind of, I think, been the problem, you know, the last couple of years for this for this team. It's not that everybody hasn't come back. It's that, you know, you're dealing with guys that maybe have one, one year of experience or no experience on that side of the ball. And this year we're talking about guys that have at least a year and maybe two and some have three. So mm-hmm. just better experience level um, and, and returning talent on that front. Now, this shouldn't be surprising to anybody, but I, I just looking at some of the tweets from different media members, there are a number of the quote-unquote veterans of this Utah football program that are not going to be participating uh, in the spring game today, but that shouldn't surprise anybody. Do you see this as an opportunity, though, for the younger guys to go out there and uh, really show what they're capable of doing to these coaches, or is this more of just a kind of a, I guess, a showcase event? I, I mean, spring games you have to kind of take with a little grain of salt, I feel sure. like. But but for these young guys, it never hurts to take it serious, right? Like, yeah. I mean, coaches are watching everything you're doing. And so if you kind of show up and you're disengaged and you're not taking it serious, <laughs> you know, it's maybe not going to bode well for you come fall camp when you're trying to vie for, you know, being part of the travel squad or, or being on the 2D on the roster and seeing some playtime. So, yeah, I, I expect these younger guys to take it serious, to really try and showcase and show what it is that they can do and why they're a valuable asset to this team. Now, you mentioned Brandon Rose. You think has uh, essentially he, he's moved ahead of the competition with regards to the backup quarterback position. Uh, part of that has been due to injury. Nate Johnson was slowed through a part of the camp at least uh, due to some uh, – knee issues it sounded like uh what what does he need to do in particular speaking of nate or maybe even a guy like bryson barnes to supplant a guy like brandon rose in your mind it, it, you know it's i i'm trying to remember who it was it was either Witt or ludwig that kind mm-hmm. of pointed out you know nate johnson is going to have to put in some extra work because he's missed time and that's just what it sure. is um so but nate has proven to be, you know, the kind of kid that will put in that extra time. And and so it'll be interesting again to see if they decide to, you know, shut it down after after the spring and Rose is just going to be the guy that they roll with or if they're going to kind of keep this going through fall camp. Uh, I, I'm going to kind of assume because they didn't get as big of a look at Rose as they maybe would have liked to that this probably is going to carry on through, uh, through fall camp uh, in hopes of, just getting a little more taste, really making sure, you know, that that's the direction that they want to go. 
But I think it's it's all going to come down to summer for these guys. You know, there there is no resting on your laurels. There's no being content with or accepting even. It, you know, perhaps that Rose Rose has the the lead right now. It's it's getting up and and doing the work to try and come in and compete further come fall camp. Well, and just to add to that, I, I'm with you. And to me, this this backup uh, quarterback uh, battle to me is a little more important than most out there, Michelle. And I, I want to get your thought on this. Is because whoever wins that job, I, I'm with you. I think it does go into to fall camp. But whoever wins this is essentially the heir apparent to Cam Rising, and that that makes this one a little more important than most. It feels like. I, I think that's the way that Utah should be approaching it. If they're not. Uh, you know, this is a prime opportunity to get a guy kind of established and comfortable, maybe get him some valuable game reps, uh, you know, throughout the season while you still have the safety net of someone like Cam Rising. Uh, and then the hope is, right, that they get enough experience, they get enough taste, they get enough exposure to the game that they're ready to rock and roll and kind of take ownership of that spot come next year when Cam Rising isn't an option because he's either going to be in the NFL or he's going to be doing, you know, something, something coaching who, who knows what's on Cam Rising or in Cam Rising's future, but, but it just won't be here at Utah anymore. <laughs> sure, and that, that, that's a good point. Now, obviously, uh, they they start the season with a with a big game. Florida making their first trip west of the Mississippi, and uh, it feels like eons. Honestly, it's been decades since they've uh, come west of the Mississippi to play a non conference game. Now, obviously, spring camp wrapping up here, and we will not see them back out on the field in uh, team activities in just full until we get out there in August. But Michelle. Besides the quarterback situation, what are the biggest question or questions you're uh, hoping to have answers to in the lead up to that game against Florida? I think the big, the biggest question is, will Cam Rising be ready? It sounds sure. like things are going well yeah. with his recovery and, and all that kind of stuff. It sounds like he's on schedule or maybe even a little ahead of schedule. Um, I mean, not that it means a whole lot, but he's looked good walking around at practice. <laughs> so, you know... <laughs> So I, I think that is question number one, is will will he really truly be ready to go by Florida? Or are we going to be looking at whoever ends up winning that backup job? Uh, you know, other things, who who actually ends up winning that backup job? Is, is it going to be Brandon Rose, like it kind of looks like right now? Will Bryson Barnes pull ahead? Will... Will Nate Johnson, you know, make make the move uh, over summer? That's a question I think is interesting. Another question I think, you know, that's going to be interesting to follow and watch, it's the one area of concern that the coaches seem to have brought up several times throughout spring is the wide receiver depth. Who else is going to step up? Do they go to the portal to bring someone else in? Uh, you know, how, how big of a difference is that going to make and, and how much are they planning on using the wide receiver this year? if it ends up, you know, with them talking about the fact that it is a concern for them. Defensively, I'm not sure I have a lot of questions, to be honest. It okay. just it sounds like they've kind of filled out pretty well. But I, th- I think most of the questions, for me at least, are on the offensive side of the ball, which is kind of funny because they do have a lot of returning talent, too. Now, Michelle, they announced yesterday the Crimson Collective is, is officially the endorsed uh, collective of the University of Utah to help out in the NIL space. Uh, how important was this for Utah to get this off the ground? Oh, it, it's huge. I mean, it really kind of is. It sounds so dramatic, but it's an arms race. Uh, you know, this, this, I think Whittingham was quite correct when he said, you know, last October, 
essentially the top 25 will mirror who has the top 25 in NIL. And so it's one of those things, at least for the here and now, as we understand NIL, shape up or ship out. And, and you know, some schools are, were a little behind the curve, and a lot of that I think is reflective of, you know, who was honestly doing NIL before NIL was legal. Um, a lot of the teams, I think, that have got – gone up and running really quickly they were already doing this and had kind of a system in place and so it was more about just flipping the switch and being like okay we don't have to do this in a seedy alley way anymore we can actually mm-hmm. do this out in the open <laughs> um you know some of these other schools you know utah's byus that are a little bit smaller and maybe don't quite have that alumni system to kind of funnel money around you know have to sit and think about how, how are we going to do this? What is this going to look like for us? How do we get people on board with, you know, put, putting money towards these student-athletes? And so I think with the Crimson Collective, they did a really good job about thinking about and taking into consideration what Utah athletics and their culture has been over the last 30-ish years. And it's been very family-oriented and it's been very community-based. And so having that element of, community service involved with it, I think is huge. And I think it's going to get fans involved. Uh, And I think, you know, it sets the tone for kids that end up choosing to come here. Uh, It's you're we we have the money and we have the resources, you know, to help pad pad your college college experience here, but you have to earn it. Uh, This is not freebies. This is not, you know, a bag man, (laughs) <laughs> handing you a bag of cash and, and expecting you not to do anything yeah. like like you're going to have to work for this and you're going to have to build your brand and there's some expectations with it so i i like it and i think it's also huge too um you know they got guys on board eric weddle stevenson sylvester they're both very much on the record of not being for nil and so to have guys like that sitting on your board i think means that you're on the right track Sure, I'd agree with that. Well, Michelle, enjoy the 22 Forever game. Uh, looking forward to seeing all your reports out of that. And, of course, we'll see you back here next week on the Saturday show, all right? All right, yeah, looking forward to it, Jake. Okay, there you go. Michelle Bodkin, big thank you to her. If you have not had an opportunity to get up to Rice Cycle Stadium, uh, support the Utes, their annual spring game, now the 22 Forever game. Uh, some fun, fan-friendly activities going on, so get up there if you guys don't have any plans later on this afternoon. Coming up next, though, we are going to get to technical fouls, rewarding people for behaving badly in sports. we got some good ones out there this week. We'll get to those coming up next. Uh, we are live today at Mulligan's down here on 106 South by 600 West. You guys know exactly where it's at. It is the UNA Golf Annual Demo Day. Stop by a number of vendors out here, giving you an opportunity to hit every club in their arsenal. If you want to give them a shot, please do so. Come on by. First 100 people here as well. Get a free lunch. Uh, Curry of our friends at UNA Golf. You also can enter to win free gear as well. Stop on by. Love to see you guys. More in a moment. This is the Saturday Show on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. If you're coming from the street with dirty shoes on your feet, that's a technical foul. If you switch the radio to some modern music show, that's a technical foul. If you touch the thermostat, you'll get hit from the back. Cause that's a technical foul. You will feel my wrath. Personal file, 69, office. He was giving them the business. A technical foul. 
Welcome back to the Saturday show here on the KSL Sports Zone. Time now, as you heard, for technical fouls. And uh, it's a fun segment where we kind of just reward people for doing stupid things in sports. And, Corey, I'm going to start off with one here. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Drew Smiley was uh, pitching for the Cubs. And I think this was, uh, was I think <laughs> yesterday. Did you see this happen? I did. Okay. So, he obviously, he was flirting with a, with a perfect game. And he was doing great. And uh, we got one of our rest from Cal here, Brian. You can see this, Brian. Wow. So Drew Smiley comes off the mound trying to get the ball to get it over to first base. Well, Jan Gomes, the catcher, didn't realize he didn't get called off. So they just collide and ended up giving up the... That's the way to lose your perfect bit, your perfect game bit right there, to have your catcher just kind of bully you over. He tried to launch himself over him. Yeah. He just didn't quite have the vertical to get there. <laughs> exactly. And most catchers don't, but it's just... It, pretty funny he's like oh hey, oh shoot we got we got a problem here but that one made me chuckle what do you got this week dude you know my technical foul it's not the athletes on the field it's uh-huh. the former athletes in the sports media i don't know if you okay. paid attention to this brady quinn talking about cj oh, stroud yeah. and yep. how he ghosted the mannings for the manning football camp and now rg3 and ryan clark and all these guys are coming out and going after brady quinn to me it's a technical foul on everybody that's going after brady quinn brady quinn was not trying to character assassinate cj stroud he's not trying to hurt his draft stock he says he's the second best quarterback in this draft and this is the case of an agent david muligata who represents cj stroud rallying all these guys that he's got relationships with to come after brady quinn i just hate it when people can't just let something go in no way shape or form was brady quinn assassinating the character of cj stroud by saying he ghosted the manning camp no big deal guess what these teams they have millions and millions of dollars invested in evaluating these prospects something brady quinn says about a manning passing camp isn't going to affect what they think about cj stroud see and i'm with you on that that's the thing about this and we're gonna we're gonna hear about the s2 test coming up in our interview in the next segment there's a it's a cognition test and cj stroud performed horribly on that test and the, the, according to the the makers of this test if you perform as bad as he did on the test you're actually more likely to be the biggest bust of all these quarterbacks it'd be interesting to see how he handles this because i'm with you he wasn't trying to completely like get him have him go undrafted he's just simply saying bryce young's the number one quarterback for me and these are the reasons why and, that, and he was asked the question sure yeah absolutely is there a reason why in some people's minds cj stroud is sliding so he literally had to try to think of things that somebody might think was <laughs> yeah. a negative and then goes on to say, I don't think it's a big deal, and I think he's the second-best quarterback in this class. So, you know, whatever. Yeah, also technical foul on the five NFL players, by the way. First-round uh, first pick, uh, Jamison Williams among them. Five players league-wide by the NFL suspended for violating the NFL's gambling policy after an investigation by the league. Uh, Lions wide receiver Quintus Cephas and safety C.J. Moore have been suspended indefinitely. That's at least a year before they can get reinstated by the NFL. Uh, they have both been released by the Lions after being suspended. Uh, it's a bad look for a first-round pick, especially for Jamison Williams, who was supposed to be a guy that the Lions were relying on this year. I think he got six games. This to me, and Corey, I'll get your thought on this. The NFL saying, well, don't gamble, but we're going to take the millions and millions and millions of dollars that all these gambling companies want to pour into our league. But, hey, you players, don't you dare. Don't you dare do this. Well, and I don't. It makes no sense to me that Jameson Williams... I- he was betting on college football, yeah, but and he did it from, it the, from le- the facility. From the facility, got the suspension. Like, who okay. cares? Yeah, I'm with They're you on adults. that. Adults, yeah. it's legal. You're taking all <laughs> this gambling money as a league. If he's not betting on the NFL, there shouldn't be a problem. Yeah, you, you'd think so. It just, I don't know. It, it seems like. It, 
do as I say, but not as I do, in, in a way, with the NFL with this. But if you're going to bet on NFL games, I understand you're, yeah, if you're betting on your own league's games, and especially your own games, okay, that's a different, but to be betting on college football from the team facility, I, I, that doesn't make sense to me, but whatever. So, uh, best of luck to those five players as they move forward with their careers, no matter what happens. All right, uh, we are down here at Mulligan Golf and Games at the annual UN Golf Demo Days. we got Brian here from Callaway, and Brian, i got to admit, I played with a Callaway Big Bertha years and years and years ago and loved the club. I ended up actually breaking the head. Like, I, I hit it so much. I just So, there's a new Big Bertha out, I hear. Yeah. So what's what's been the what's the big difference uh, with with the with the new Big Bertha? What, what what have they done to rebrand it, bring it back? Yeah. So a couple things. Uh, uh, our you know our flagship product this year is really the Paradigm yeah, Driver. We're talking a lot about that. Second, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Big Bertha uh, Twenty Three is really a slicer's dream. Got it. Uh, okay. This is a forward CG hey, driver. It's me. <laughs> Low spin. It's super forgiving, but you're still. Uh, you're still going to get a very low spin driver, which is the key to hitting the ball straight. Obviously, spin is not directional, so we want to keep that ball going as straight as we can. So it's a perfect driver for that guy that hits... Hits the slice, hits mm-hmm. the fade. That's really trying to hit that ball much, much straighter. So now, anybody who reads Golf Digest, any of these golf magazines, hears ads about they hear about the Paradigm. Mm-hmm. Obviously, and we were talking off the air. It's a full set. You can go uh, irons. You can go hybrids. You can go with the driver. Obviously, the driver's the big right. one. What sets the paradigm apart? Uh, what really sets it apart, if we start with the drivers, our 360 carbon fiber chassis, yeah. which allows us to really move weight where we need it. And you hear us talking about AI all the time. Yeah. We're, we're, we're kind of the leaders in that forefront of the AI supercomputers. Mm-hmm. And really low spin, super forgiving. Uh, we were able to achieve that last year with the Rogue and then really yeah. step it up again with the paradigm. If you look at the tour and what's going on in the tour and the, and the players that we've got out there winning with Paradigm, it's, it's, it's just a really, really good product. Um, so Now, I've got a friend who swears by his Rogue. It's his favorite yeah. club in the entire world. What would your pitch to him be to upgrade from the Rogue to the Paradigm? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously it's only a year ago. Rogue's, say, yeah. Rogue's a phenomenal product. <laughs> and, and it is. Yeah. He, he, trust me, he pummels yeah. the ball with his Rogue. Yeah, so the biggest thing that we were able to gain uh, with this particular driver uh, through the 360 chassis is we were able to get a little more ball speed okay. than we got out of yeah. the Rogue. Uh, so I think that's where you're going to see it. So more distance. Um, you know, if we go back through time, we've been hearing that every year. So we should all be hitting the ball like 600 yards <laughs> sure, by now. But that being said, uh, a little more ball speed and then actually 15% tighter shot dispersion than Rogue. Cool. So as forgiving as Rogue was, yeah. it's tighter. Um, I, I've had an opportunity to fit people already this year where we saw some gains uh, from Rogue to Paradigm. Um, and, uh, you know, and obviously if there's gains, you know, guys are junkies, so they're, they're willing to pay, they're willing to buy a new driver if it can, if we can prove it's yeah. better. Well, it, you're, you're right about that. Yes. I, I, trust me. I, I have a, my dad, I love him to death, but he is like the annual, okay, what's better for me? And he, he'll upgrade on an annual yeah. basis. Right. If, if you can prove it yeah, to him, that's the absolutely. Thing. Yeah. All right. So you guys are out here as part of the UNA golf thing. Mm-hmm. You've got all your clubs available. Everybody can hit them as much as they want, right? Correct. Yep. So, yeah. uh, and you guys are also, do you guys offer fittings as well, I'm assuming? Yeah, okay. yeah, we do, we do fittings uh, really across the, you know, the whole Utah, the state of Utah. Okay. We, we're different golf courses at different times. Sure. We, we, we do these five to seven days a week uh, where it's scheduled fittings. Yeah. You can check with your local golf mm-hmm. course that you, you play the most and you may be on that email list and sure. that's how we, that, that's how people sign up. And obviously, 
any retailer. You know, we're here for Uena Golf as, yeah. as well, and you know that's where you can go in and get fit and, and make sure you got the right clubs from us. Well, that's the thing. I, anybody who plays in a men's league, we all get these emails. I've been yeah. in a men's league. Yeah. Trust me, I get it. Like, hey, we've got such and such company coming out this yeah. day, and so stop on by. But love to see you guys stop out here. Uh, f- have you had the tacos yet? I, Not yet. I heard they're good? phenomenal. Okay, I, I've, well, I got to try them myself. Yeah, so. I'm gonna get over there soon. Okay. So. Well, Brian, uh, stop on by. We got a bunch of vendors down here. We'll continue to talk about that throughout the rest of today's show. But thanks for stopping yeah, by. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. So there you go, Brian from Callaway. A number of other ven- vendors here as well. Stop on by, get some free gear, get some free lunch as well. We'll be here until noon. This is the Saturday show right here on 97.5 FM, the KSL Sports Zone. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.